the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of managing hypothermia in newborn calves. To discuss this, I'm joined today by Lindsay Wachter-Mead, who's a veterinarian and also a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Glad to be back. Lindsay, just kind of give us a little layout as we think about this newborn calf and we think about what's happening for them as they go through the birth canal and then exit and come out and try to get up and get started. What are the things that are happening and how can hypothermia set in for them? So um, the first thing I guess that we can talk about would be what what is the temperature or, or what does thermoregulation mean? Because I kind of used that uh, word, I guess, in this article. So I was going to start with that and just kind of explain that basically all thermoregulation means is it's it's how that calf is regulating its body temperature, um, regardless of what's going on in the environment. So there's this perfect little window of where the calves don't need very much um, metabolic requirements. So they can basically keep themselves warm without putting off a lot of energy. And that's actually between the temperatures of 59 to 77 so those, I mean, those are a lot warmer than what we're seeing now, obviously, in the in the calving season. So when, when that temperature goes down below that 59 degrees, they're going to need to have some increased, basically their metabolism needs to be able to kick it up and ramp it into gear to be able to stay warm. Um, and then when they're in that temperature for long periods of time, they just need more and more energy. So this becomes an issue if we have a problem during calving such as like a dystocia. So if that calf is taking longer to be born, um, there's some processes that go on when, when that calf is just, you know, it's, it's think of how much it's being squeezed um, as it's going through that birth canal. And that's actually starting to cause a problem with how much circulation they're getting. So when those calves are born, they can actually have really low levels of oxygen in their blood. And when they don't have the right amount of oxygen levels in their blood, then they're actually will kind of slow down their respiratory system. Everything gets kind of slow. They get pretty weak. And you see that problem um, when that, when that calf comes out and he just doesn't want to get up. So that's going to affect their metabolism, which is what they need to get the, that, that process of that thermoregulation to go. So that's where we have a problem. The biggest issue is going to be if we have that prolonged birth, regardless of the temperature outside. So we think about that calf and we think about a calf that's been through a dystocia scenario. What are some things we should be thinking about to help kickstart that thermoregulation for them? So what we want to do is, is obviously make sure that that calf starts to try and, and get up. So the biggest thing, the very first initial thing we look at is it needs to start breathing. So I talked about how the oxygen levels are low. That will correct itself as the calf starts to take a breath. But again, if they are suppressed enough, then they won't be able to get that breath on their own. So you need to be able to try and intervene with something to, to get them to get up. That goes into a little bit of a different topic about, you know, giving some respirations or getting them to move. But if it's still breathing and it's a little slow, then we start to think about how can I kind of warm this calf up? Obviously, if we're outside in the elements and it's, you know, it's wet, it's windy, the wind chill is a huge factor, then we want to try to think about ways to get it warm. There's two ways to do that. And I kind of talked about it in the article, but think about it as external warming and internal warming. Uh, internal warming actually is going to be your best bet right off the bat. And we're going to get that from colostrum. So we know that colostrum is that first milk it's full of antibodies, it's full of nutrients, it's full of fat, and that's what that calf will actually need to get that metabolism to start going. 
Unfortunately, if we're talking about a calf that was born from dystocia, um, so a stressed out calf that's weak, it probably doesn't have a very good suckle reflex. And you can tell, uh, really simple, all you got to do is put your fingers in its mouth. And a calf that is warm enough should kind of chew on your fingers. It should feel warm. It should feel moist. If you don't get that kind of chewing, sucking reflex on your fingers, then you need to help that calf out. And the way we do that is just by supplementing that colostrum. So uh, milking mom out is going to be best. Obviously, that that's going to be her the calf's best option to get from it. But if you don't have that, then look at a look at a replacer that's going to give you the amount of uh, antibodies that you need. But you're going to have to physically get it in that calf. So um, tubing that calf, or you know, you can offer a bottle. But again, if it doesn't have the suckle reflex, it's probably not going to take that bottle. So somehow get the colostrum into the calf. One thing that's important to remember in this situation is if the calf is really weak, so if it's laying on its side, we want it to sit sternal. And sternal just means it's sitting up on its chest. If it can't keep itself upright, you know, we want to try to get it it warm before we can do that. Because if it's laying on its side and you try to tube it, you have the risk for aspiration or, you know, that, that colostrum is going to go where you don't want it to go. So then you you can kind of think about, well, how how else can I get it warm? If, I, if I'm not able to give colostrum right away, what should I do? And so that's when we talk about external warming. And I guarantee everybody listening that, that raises calves, they, they have some technique that works for them and whatever works for them is great. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no wrong in this situation. It's just remembering a couple facts. Number one, if you have like a, if you have one of those commercial calf huts or heaters, just remember that there is the potential that those babies can get overheated. So don't don't just leave them in there and then go off and do something else and forget. Keep keep a just a simple inexpensive thermometer nearby. It's important to know where the calf's temperature starts because again, if we're down below that 101, if I have a calf that's down below 101 and it's not showing me a lot of good life signs, then I'm going to start intervening. But if I know where it starts at, then I know I'm making progress if I just keep kept you know, testing it while it's in that calf hut. So check on that calf, make sure that you don't just, you know, walk away and forget it. And then the second thing is make sure that those get cleaned out because those calf huts can be breeding grounds for pathogens. So, you know, if there's a sick calf that gets in there, it's it's usually moist and warm with that warmer air circulating. Uh, it can be a cause of, of sickness if you have a problem in your herd. So just keep it clean. But but again, everybody's probably got what works best for them, you know, a, a bathtub, um, the floor of your truck, you know, a, a calf blower, those, all those things seem to work. Just making sure that we're monitoring the temperature and we're getting them back up to where they are sitting sternal and that we can supplement that colostrum and that they're dry before they go back out to mom. Anything else producers should remember about this or things to think through, maybe other opportunities to help out these calves that are struggling with hypothermia? Well, I mean, I think we're all really good at watching the weather. So obviously just, just kind of having a plan for, if we do have a cold front coming through, if we've got calves that are, you know, ultimately we've got them calving outside. If, if the wind chill is going to be a factor, if they aren't pairing up, what's going to be your game plan? Do you have a place for them to go? And, you know, you don't, you don't have to have a, a fancy barn. I wish everybody could have one of those options, but, but just something, a, a place for them to be and, and knowing where you need to go. And that's having, you know, having those colostrum replacers on hand, uh, having a clean tuber, understanding how to use it. Again, a simple, inexpensive, you know, $2 thermometer goes a long ways for telling you where you're at. And then just just making sure that those two, the mom and baby, you know, get paired up 
and we get we get into that window, that classroom window, you know, we want them to get that in that first six hours, ideally um, something to eat so that they can just start to get their metabolism going. And then once they do, you know, cattle are amazing. Again, we I say this all the time, but uh, you, you get them going and they can really survive um, out of those those elements and 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 do well. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of today's article, Managing Hypothermia in Newborn Calves.